All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 8 of Frankly Speaking. I'm Daily Faceoff Hockey Insider Frank Saravalli, and this is our weekly one-on-one interview series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Today we're going to be chatting with the longest-serving general manager in NHL history in David Poyle of the Nashville Predators. But first, I need to tell you that episode 8 is brought to you by ProLine Plus. Not just another sportsbook, it's the only sportsbook that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sportsbook for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go with the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in-app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. That's right. We're going to be joined shortly by David Poyle, the man whose fingerprints are all over the Nashville Predators, the only GM that they've ever known, hired in 1997 to take over the expansion franchise. And 24 seasons later, is still in place up until his announcement just a few weeks back that he will be stepping aside and retiring will soon be replaced by Barry Trotz, the longtime Nashville Predators head coach who served under Poyle and was with him going back to his time with the Washington Capitals, where, of course, David Poyle spent the first 15 years of his career as an NHL general manager. He's been in the chair for 39 consecutive seasons, which is an incredible feat. The only NHL general manager in league history to hit 3,000 games and is in first place by a wide margin with 1,500-plus 
NHL wins. He is certainly an enjoyable guy to talk to and looking forward to getting some insight. Let's dive right in in our conversation with David Poyle. David Poyle, your news to step back into retirement sent shockwaves throughout the hockey world just around the NHL's trade deadline. My question to you is, why now? What made this the right time after 39 years in the role to step away as an NHL general manager? Two two significant reasons. Uh, one, of course, is uh, the personal side. I think uh, after doing this job uh, 40, 40-ish years, plus being in hockey for, I believe this is my 51st year, I I do believe it is it's time. Uh, I'm I'm aging out a little bit. As I, as I say, I think that... Uh, in fairness to my wife, my family, uh, some of the things that we've talked about that we'd like to do in the in the, in the future, you know, having grandkids and things like that, uh, I certainly think that's that's normal, and I think it's probably uh, uh, maybe a little bit overdue. So there's that side, and then the hockey side. Uh, again, I've been fortunate, as you say, to have this job for a long time. I've been even more fortunate to be at the same place uh, in Nashville for this is my 26th year, and in, in Nashville, it's been. A, fantastic experience i'm so happy that i was given this opportunity uh so many things have happened here uh on the ice off the ice where our franchise started as an untraditional market where it is today uh, uh smashville uh it's probably one of the best venues in the national hockey league it's certainly as entertaining as any franchise before a game uh your, your ability to have a good time in downtown broadway the, the game itself and then spill out to broadway after a game i mean it's, it's hard to hard to beat this and i uh, beat Nashville, as I say, if you come to a Nashville Predators game, it is an event every night, and it's pretty hard not to have a good, good time. So, I've been here for a long time. Uh, thinking about the last couple of years, owners, you know, obviously came to me with our succession plan, and we talked about a lot of different things. But I just felt after last year, we made the playoffs for the eighth consecutive year, which I think is really great. I'm very proud of that. But uh, I've uh, I'm using the word. I kind of felt like we're in this the middle, this mushy middle, and I just uh, it, there has to be some drastic, uh, I think, moves to to get out of this. And uh, I just felt that it probably was time for a, a new voice. I could do it, but I think that it's time for a new voice. And then you see what happened in, in terms of we hired uh, Barry Trotz, which brings me and and hopefully him full full circle. And you saw what we did at the trading deadline. And I think that's what I'm referring to is that. That, that was the drastic moves that needed to be uh, made. Uh, not popular, not easy. Uh, traded some really good players away. It's that proverbial step back to hopefully take a couple of steps forward. So where we are is uh, we're struggling to make the playoffs uh, right now, which is very understandable. We've got, we trade away four players and we get, now we have eight injuries all at once. That's, that's a pretty uh, tough situation. But what we have here is we have a very strong farm club in Milwaukee. We'll have five first-round picks in our lineup next year for Milwaukee. And if we drafted correctly, those players should be here in the not-too-distant future. We have 13 draft picks this year, including a couple of first-round picks. The draft is in, in Nashville, which will be a, uh, a good good showcase for uh, for our present and hopefully for our future. So the combination of those all those things, uh, and I'm, I'm very comfortable with the decision. I'm certainly very comfortable with hiring Barry Trotz. And we need that new voice, which I'm referring back to. And, uh, you know, the table is, is kind of set in terms of all the trades that have made, been made, all the draft picks that we have, the Milwaukee situation. And uh, uh, I'm certainly thinking that this is a reset versus a rebuild. And uh, uh, that's that's where we are today. 
Okay, so we'll talk about the succession plan and the drastic moves, as you you mentioned, that need to be made um, in a second. But how, after being in this role for so long, and I know you just celebrated uh, 51 years being married to Elizabeth, and congratulations on that. Um, how do you... <laughs> how do you how do you quit this cold turkey? How do you do it? Uh, I don't think I'm really quitting cold turkey. I just uh, like working with Barry's been fun the last uh, last month, and uh, you know, just like I got up this morning and tell my wife, she's just, you know, yeah, you're good, you have sleep well. I said, I don't know, I'm thinking about all these things we have to do. I said, I'm so far from from not being re- re- retired because it's just it's just there all all the time. So. You know, we're going to finish up the year. We're going to have our scouting meetings. We're going to have the draft in Nashville, the awards in Nashville. It's all good. And then in theory, it starts in July 1st for me. So what I have uh, in place with the uh, with our ownership is a, an advisory uh, agreement. And uh, we're, we're going to have a new ownership here in the next uh, year. That, that process is also starting to take over. So I think I have some value to bring to ownership in terms of uh, my experience in the last 40 years going to Board of Governors meetings and relationships and why things were we're done in historical knowledge and also my friendship and relationship with Barry. I think uh, people keep me in the in the loop. Now I say that you can't have it both ways. I mean, if they had come to me and said, we want you to be X and be in the office for two weeks uh, every every month, then I'm not really retired. So uh, we have to play this out a little bit. I, I think I'll have a, a good relationship with the team and Barry and, and ownership. And I, I hope I can bring some some value. And I also hope that I actually can be somewhat retired so that I, I get the, a little bit of freedom that I'm looking for to, to not be here all the time. Okay. So you mentioned the freedom. Uh, you just want to put you on the record here. You, this isn't going to be one of those things where 18 months from now, we see David Poyle back in a GM chair, is it? No, I'm no Tom Brady. That's for sure. Uh, I'm not, uh, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy with my my career and what I've uh, been able to accomplish and all the people I've worked with. It's all been uh, fantastic. Uh, the most important thing in this this whole thing for me was to have a relationship with the Predators. Uh, we're going to live in Nashville. Uh, you, you know, I just, uh, that's all I really, really want to be like, oh, there's, there is that relationship that they, they think I have uh, value. I get it. The longer you're the way, the, the less uh, impact you have on on the, the game and on the team. But as, as long as I'm able to come into the building and be welcome, uh, that would be good for me. So let's Let's talk a little story time is and maybe, you know, as the statute of limitations sort of expires here, take me back to like 1996, 1997, that range. <laughs> you have the opportunity to uh, to come to Nashville. Is it a true story that you also had an opportunity to maybe join the Toronto Maple Leafs as well? Um, when did the statute of limitations expire? On well, it expires as soon as you sort of hang up your your uh, your tie there as as uh, GM. Let's talk in uh, generalities. Yes, I had I had other opportunities, which was very flattering. Uh, a number of teams uh, owners uh, reached reached out to me, which was you know fantastic. And um, you know, I was pretty gun ho to get back in as as soon as possible. The thing that uh, uh, that really was the overriding uh, decision maker for for me, and, and it's really interesting when I tell you this was that my dad started two expansion franchises in uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the uh, Vancouver Canucks. He was the, the general manager there, and I got to witness uh, firsthand a lot of things that he he did. I went to the drafts with my 
my my dad. Um, I, I was there for the Vancouver draft, Gilbert uh, Perot uh, versus Dale Talon. Um, I was in uh, Philadelphia's first training camp as a trainer because uh, I was still in, in school. So I, you know, hockey my royal family is twenty four seven. So uh, I really thought this was neat. The whole thing that whatever happens in an expansion franchise, you get your your fingerprints all over it for good or good or for bad. So that's what I wanted to do. So the, the part of the story that is kind of ironic is my dad totally disagreed with me. <laughs> that was my next question. I heard the story go something like, and your dad, Bud, of course, was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, might have understood, you know, the pull to go to somewhere like that. And I think the the question he asked you was Nashville, really? Yeah, that's approximately how it how it went. Uh, you know, just the existing franchise, uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, you have to say that the trials and tribulations of an expansion franchise, even in his own experiences, he didn't last that long in either of those jobs because mm-hmm. teams aren't very good. They go through a number of general managers, coaches, obviously the players at that, uh, because how the, the draft was, the expansion draft was that time, they don't last very long because you, you aren't given players like Las Vegas and, and Seattle uh, got. So I understood that. But uh, that's what I wanted to do. I'm so happy that I, I did that. It fit probably my personality uh, really well. Uh, let's call it like it is. I'm here for 26 years. If I went to another franchise, I don't think that would have happened. Fair to say. Um, what do you think your dad would have said all these years later and what, you, what you've helped build and accomplish in Nashville? I think he'd be pretty proud of the of what, what, what I've done. I mean, obviously, uh, he was still alive when I was here in uh, Nashville and, and came here often to see the how the franchise was starting to you know turn around get built up and you know different different situations so uh I think uh, my dad and I would be all good mm-hmm. um the pull to win a Stanley Cup you've been close multiple times um and your teams in Nashville have been consistently competitive for 20 years um how much did that drive you um these last number of years you know you mentioned it's time and and maybe uh, you hinted that you know in some ways might have been overdue to have the conversation did that keep you going and keep you climbing to try and get there yeah absolutely uh, uh that that was one of the, the the main uh things you you know selfishly want to put on your on your resume but you know overriding everything was just the love of the sport the only thing i've ever done the only job i ever ever wanted i mean uh getting up every day for uh the un- unknown no, no two days in this job have ever been the same and as i like to say i'm looking forward to whatever the crisis of the day is going to be i don't know what it is but it's it's coming i don't know it's going to be at seven in the morning or it's going to be after a game but it's, it's there every day something that you don't see so i mean very very fortunate i mean get, we, we all have a living but you know this this gets me going every every day and i'm i'm totally going to miss that for sure Okay, so let's talk about you, you mentioned the sort of mushy middle that uh, this team is in right now and, and sort of has been in the last couple of years. Is it fair to ask the question um, and, and not your own personal motivations, but just sort of that drive to win the Stanley Cup? Had that also maybe, um, you know, sort of delayed the process of maybe ripping this Band-Aid off now when you've done it? Yeah, and I think it's you can just point to the, the last off season where, uh, if you go back to the beginning of uh, the last last season, nobody predicted us to make the playoffs, and then we had a really uh, good year for the most part. We had like nine guys have career years, like 
Ceros was in the Vesna uh, running. Uh, Roman Yossi was, I think, second in the in the in the Norris running. We had a rookie like Tanner Snow that gets twenty four goals. Forsberg and Duchesne get forty plus goals. We had a lot of things going for us, and uh, nobody saw that coming. So again, we get to the playoffs and we lose four straight to eventual Stanley Cup uh, champions, Colorado. Um, and then, so where are we? We're back in this mushy middle where we're making the playoffs, but we're not winning playoff rounds. And uh, I, I kind of doubled down uh, after thinking the whole thing. I traded for, uh, excuse me, a free agent and need a writer, and I traded for Ryan McDonough. And uh, I thought we were off to the races. I think our coaches did. I think our players did. Uh, we started training camp. We had a fantastic training camp. We went over to, to Europe, um, and it was just great going to Bern, Roman Yossi's hometown. And we played, went to Prague. We started the season. We won two games. And we, like, I thought we had a terrific team and then nothing, nothing happened. I mean, we, we didn't have any career years. Um, guys that were set those years weren't, weren't as good. And the things that sort of went well last year didn't, didn't go well. And that, that, that sort of, I guess, to me, made me feel, uh, it wasn't feeling good about where we are, but I felt confident that my decision was right. And I felt confident in terms of what I think needed that to happen. I thought the decision on who we were going to hire would be after the year to, to replace me. But Barry Trotz lost his job with the Islanders, and then he didn't take all those coaching jobs that he was offered. Then he moved to, to Nashville, and one thing led to another to find out where we are today, which led me quickly to to sit down with him and all of our staff to say, this is the direction we're going to. Are we all on board or not? And that's when we did all of those trades. So when did those conversations begin to germinate? Obviously, it was, you know, multiple weeks before the actual sort of public news comes. And was then, did that mean that Barry sort of had a seat at the table as you begin to go through this process of picking off a couple of players on your team to, you know, you've armed this team with now five additional draft picks in the first two rounds over the next couple of years. Um, is, was he part of that process sort of from that beginning of it? Yes, uh, and, and for a time frame, I mean, we we talked. Well, we've talked all the time, and we're we're, we're friends after working together for so long. Uh, but you know, I was aware of all the coaching jobs that he was offered and that he turned down. Uh, obviously, I saw him when he came back to live in, in Nashville. This is where he was always going to live, so we had that going for us. I told him of my my situation, and then one thing led to another. We're around at approximately Christmas time, where he just said, "I I'm not going to coach this year," and then. I asked him if he was interested in this job, and he said he would. After he thought about it for a bit, and then things really accelerated uh, quickly. So we get into uh, January. We have all of our scouting meetings. I laid out a philosophy and a direction with all of our pros, amateurs, all of our hockey department. I gave everybody a chance to to say yay or nay. Barry was uh, behind the scenes, but was certainly part of the uh, the decision making uh, process. And then we uh, we executed it. It was real interesting. I like to tell the story for whatever it's worth. Um, I wrote down everything that I that I thought we should do on a piece of paper, and everything that I said we were going to do happened, except for one one thing. That's pretty pretty interesting or pretty powerful to me. That when you set out, you know, to set your goals and what you want to do, that you actually can accomplish those, uh, which I think has been written about a lot. And I would believe believe in that stuff. So. Here we are. Hopefully we've made the right decisions with, as I said at the beginning of the interview, that we're taking a big step backwards for sure. But uh, hopefully with the assets that we've uh, gotten and some of the young players we all already have on our team and coming up from Milwaukee, that uh, this will be more of a reset than a rebuild. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So when you said uh, write out your goals, was that in the beginning when you took over in Nashville or is that it more recently in the last you know, yeah, six months? I always, I always write down my goals, but in, uh, in this case, this was back in January where I wrote down after I gave the direction of philosophy and everybody was on board. I wrote down exactly what we wanted to do in terms of uh, trades and things like that. And everything happened with, except for one thing. What's the one thing? <laughs> uh, that player is with us now. Okay. There you go. Um, what, you know, obviously your, your relationship and ties with Barry Trotz, uh, go way further back than just Nashville, uh, go back to Washington. You probably couldn't think of a better person to take over this team. But if you talk to talent evaluators around the NHL, some would say that head coaches are the worst people to get opinions from because they have sort of a, a narrow mindset in how they view the game. What makes Barry Trotz the right person to step from head coach to GM? Well, that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't quite heard that uh, that's as specific as you said it i think uh and i've said this too i, I think i'm in some ways subliminally i've been training barry for this this job so you go back to you know it came to my first training camp as a general manager he was a player in washington capitals jack button the late jack button was my director of player personnel jack really took a liking to to barry and uh you know barry went into coaching at the university of manitoba i think he was younger than a lot of his players at the time for sure he was and then we hired barry in washington as a scout then as an assistant coach, then as a head coach in, in our, our, our farm club. And Barry was always part of all the scouting meetings and different things like that with Jack and myself. And then if you remember the first year in Nashville, uh, we had uh, a whole year together and we didn't have any, any, any pro scouts. So it was myself, Barry and Paul Gardner were the three pro scouts were the ones that did, did the draft. So Barry got to meet, you know, every, every manager around the league and sat in the press box, talked to everybody. And so he'd been an amateur scout and now he'd been a pro scout. And again, my whole relationship with him is I've always been including him in everything that I do. So he knows exactly how I operate things. I'm, 
so I hope he takes some of that, but I also hope that he has, and I know he has his own own ideas. So I, I think he's pretty well trained for this. And I kind of kidded too, is when we didn't renew his contract in 13, 14, I didn't say I let him go. I said, we loaned him to Washington so that there he could win a Stanley Cup. And then we loaned him to the Islanders so he could work under the great uh, Lou Lamarillo. So believe me, uh, uh, Barry may have never been a general manager before, but I think he's got uh, a great resume to, to be a great general manager. Are there others that have done it successfully? Like I, I'd have to think back in history, like how many people have actually made the jump? Well, this is the second one for me because uh, I had Brian Murray as a coach in uh, in Washington also. And, uh, you know, Brian was a very smart, smart guy. He was a teacher by uh, uh, in his in his younger days as before he got into more you know coaching in the in the pros and he was very astute at, at a lot of different things so um this is my second one so it seems normal to me yeah i'm almost just trying to think daryl sutter there's got to be a few that have that have done it and made the jump um do you do you val- do you think there's value in the consistency potentially of message that might obviously barry might deliver it in a different way but just in terms of how he goes about running things because he has come through sort of the the Nashville way, if that makes any sense, that there will be that sort of consistency that exists within, you know, the the confines of your offices. Yeah, um, yes. And I again, I don't mean to be talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yes, because, you know, Barry has been uh, under my my wing for close to 40 years and in and out in a couple of different places. So he's seen that how I've operated, but he's also seen how Brian McClellan's operated in, in Washington. He's seen how Lou Lamarillo's uh, operated. So I, I believe he has his own ideas. And as I tell him on a daily basis, as I continue to pass him things or I, here's here's how we do this. And this is why we do it. But it's up to you of how you should do this going forward. He, ha- he He's going to be his own man. He's got his own ideas. I can see that uh, already. But again, that's what that's what we wanted. If I if I if we weren't getting a new voice or different opinions, different thoughts, then, then I should have continued on. So I really do feel it's going to work really, really well. I think uh, there'd be, you know, some sameness, as you said, because of the consistency of a lot of our our staff and how we've been doing things. Like Barry's the one that coined the phrase way back when he was opposed to Predator's Way, you know, and you know the culture here. He had such a big, big part of creating the the culture, how the Predators play, how we how we uh, what we do in the community. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, and he loves Nashville. I mean, and, and, and those are all intangible things that when you, you put it all together, make total sense uh, uh, to me. And I think for our uh, our community, I mean, I think this is a very popular decision. David, those that know you well say you're a meticulous planner. If you want to know where David Poyle is going to be in five years, just ask him. He'll tell you. Uh, you mentioned the goals that you write down. But as you see it, as you sort of step aside, um, what is... Not to put pressure on Barry or anyone, but what is the proper timeline here to get the Preds to where they want to be? Not sure. Uh, you know, again, you tell me uh, how good we draft. You tell me how good those five first round picks are in in Mil- Milwaukee. I mean, you know, we're going to know you know fairly fairly soon. But uh, on the amateur side, our our our, our scouts are going to be uh, definitely graded maybe harder than ever before. Our, as to how well we do, because we have extra picks, we have extra first round picks. Uh, our, our farm club in Milwaukee through our drafts has to has to come through for us. We've already seen this uh, in, a, in a very short window here after you know trading four players away and 
having to bring up, you know, younger players like uh, uh, Luke Evangelista, Phil Tomasino, uh, Tommy Novak. We, we started have put a seventh round pick on our, our team about 20 games into the season in UC Parson. So it's not like the cupboard is is bare, but, you know, Frank, that's a tough one just to say, you know, how many years, you know, your 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 hopes and prayers are are one thing and actuality, you know, it's probably, you know, a little bit different, but I, I think we have a chance to bring this back. I mean, you know what the goal is here is, as I said at the beginning, it's, you know, could we have made the playoffs? I mean, we were almost there this year. We're, we were struggling with so many injuries, but we played, you know, pretty well after the trade deadline and it's going to be hard to make it. But that, that we don't want to make it. We want to have a chance to win playoff rounds. And I think this is a was a necessary step. So hopefully I'm right. I'm going to be judged on that. Barry's got a clean slate. So uh, let's uh, let's hope that this is not uh, too long of a reset. Yeah, it's interesting. Your team, I think since the first trade you made is 11-6-2. So they've continued to battle despite uh, some pieces being plucked off the roster. And as you mentioned, some injuries. Um, just in terms of putting your career in perspective in Nashville. You mentioned the pull for you personally to put your fingerprints on a franchise from the ground up. And you've certainly done that. Um, just the the pride you have in being as competitive as you have been the first, I don't know, 15 seasons that you had, your resources that were available to you were different than you know a lot of other NHL teams. And even in the last whatever it might be, 10 years, where the spending has been upwards of right where everyone else is cap-wise, you still have one of the smallest staffs in the league in terms of your overall organization. Your pride in in how competitive your team has been despite some different setbacks and challenges along the way. Yeah, very proud of that. Uh, they used to keep a sort of a stat of efficiency rating, uh, you know, your bang for your buck, so to speak. And uh, the, the Predators, even going back to Mike Washington days, we always were one of the first, second, or third, third team in that. So I'm, I'm proud of that. But I'm also really proud that our franchise, uh, quote unquote, got it together. I mean, it, it, it took a little, little, little while to, to do that. Uh, Craig Leopold, our original owner, you know, sold the team and uh, we almost uh, moved up to Hamilton. Uh, uh, we were vulnerable. Philadelphia offer sheeted Shea Weber. And uh, uh, those were not fun days, good days. And they were not they, they didn't allow us to be as competitive as I thought we we should have been or could have been. But it's those two events that actually set the table for what's happened in the uh, you know since uh, 10, 10, 11, something or whatever those uh, whenever that all those things happened. And, and and since that time, we've been one of the most competitive teams in the National Hockey League year after year after year. Uh, you know, it's going back to like you know the teams that have won the Stanley Cup. So in the last ten years. Um, we are probably sixth or seventh, I think, overall in the regular season and and points, uh, uh, points, points percentage or what have you. The, the, the teams that are above us, they all won a Stanley Cup. We're the only team that didn't win a Stanley Cup. So, you know, that's you know you're competitive. You know you're close. Our fan base grew. Our our Nashville became Smashville. Uh, a lot of good things happened in that time. The only thing that you kind of wish would have happened is to win that Stanley Cup. But all in all, uh, pretty proud of well where we where we got to. And uh, I don't think Smashville is going anywhere. I'm sure you're pretty excited to come down for the draft this year. And probably if you have a chance, maybe bring the wife, maybe stay a mm -hmm. few extra days. I mean, who doesn't want to come to Nashville? 
You're right. It's a destination for sure in the NHL. And we're all excited to be there for the draft. And David, so many things to be proud of. Congratulations on an incredible career. I want to leave you with this, a little fill in the blank. One year from now, after the NHL trade deadline in 2024, David Poyle will be? In Florida a lot. And I'm really improving my golf game because I know that the older you get, you're going to get better at, at golf. That's what everybody's told me. That's That's a little bit of a joke, but uh, you know, that's you, uh, you didn't catch me off guard with too many things, but uh, I am a planner and I will, I do, and I will have a plan. And when you ask me that in six months, I'll have an exact answer for you. Okay. Well, I'll check in with you then. David Poyle, thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. Every chance I get an opportunity to speak with David Poyle, learn something, whether it's a history, a uh, fact of the game, a story, a nugget, whatever it might be. And, and as mentioned, a meticulous planner. So fascinated to see David Poyle and what he does next as he sort of rides off into the sunset. You can hear it in his voice, sort of how painful it is to not have accomplished the ultimate goal in winning the Stanley Cup, something that he chased for so long. I don't think it'll be long before he joins his dad, Bud Poyle, in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder. That'll do it for episode eight and got to remind you that episode eight of frankly speaking was presented by proline plus not just another sports book it's the only sports book that gives 100 of its profits back to ontario proline has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years now offering ontario sports fans more ways to play in store online or take the game on the go with the proline app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertip download the proline plus app today and bet in app or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. 
Now here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.